the Florida Gators have finally made a change to their special teams game changers staff. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day, wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants, Country, and NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And today we are indeed talking about yesterday, the Florida Gators making moves on their special team staff. Before we talk about that, um, if you're watching or maybe even if you're listening, you could tell that I'm not at the usual setup. I'm in Mobile for the Senior Bowl where both Ricky Pearsall and Kingsley Iguakin will be performing in front of all 32 NFL teams. Um, so we will be here every day. Times might be a little different for when episodes come out just because of how the schedule works out here. It's a hectic week. But before now that we're done with that, talking about Florida hiring Joe Houston to be a special teams analyst, senior special teams analyst here. Uh, he was previously with the Patriots as a special teams assistant. Joe Houston is going to be, again, listed as senior special teams analyst, and he will be in charge of the special teams unit for a lot of Florida Gators fans. Um, I think that the biggest question you may have is, what does this mean for Chris Couch, who was the special teams analyst that ran the Florida Gator special teams unit this past uh, this past season? The expectation is that he will indeed be retained, um, but he's basically taking a demotion as Joe Houston takes control here. And I did want to talk about that because it was a conversation that I had last night that uh, when the hire got announced that uh, basically holding coaches and players to the same standard because the argument is that by not firing Chris Couch, you set the example that you expect players to be held accountable and not coaches. Although, just to be fair, to play devil's advocate here, Chris Couch got demoted. Players get benched, not cut. So Chris Couch getting demoted, not fired, is why I don't think that's a fair analogy to make. I will say I'm not I'm not thrilled with Chris Couch being retained. However, perhaps he just wasn't good enough to be in charge of a special teams unit. So maybe in this new more diminished role, more specific role, maybe he'll be a bit better. As for Joe Houston coming over, he's expected to be 
on field, but is not part of the on field coaching staff because he's an analyst. Basically, the difference there is that he isn't counted on the coaching staff. That includes, you know, uh, offensive line, running back, linebackers, all those positions. So he can't have a headset and he can't recruit. Outside of that, he can be in charge of the special teams unit, which is the expectation at this time that, again, Chris Couch will no longer be in charge. It will still be a part of it, but will no longer be in charge of the special teams unit, which, I mean, I don't think anybody needs to be reminded, but this is a special teams unit that multiple times in the 2023 season, I don't just mean by multiple, I don't just mean even three or four, I mean, probably eight times in 2023 that the Florida Gators special teams unit lined up without a full 11 players on the field. <laughs> that's that's a few times too many, first off. But also, secondly, you look at the Georgia game, and Georgia had the blocked punt against Florida. And when you watch that game back, you can see that Georgia's players identify, hey, the Florida Gators don't have 11 players on the field right now. So basically, the players identified that. And the players decided to try to block the kick. And I don't know about you, but college football players being able to recognize a weakness in the Florida Gators defense and expose that not a sign of quality coaching on the special team. This is also big for specifically their kicking unit for Florida, where I believe it was against South Carolina that the Florida Gators had a kicked block and it was Trace Mack's first miss of the year. And you look at what happened there and South Carolina just overloaded that left side, ended up getting in there and making a stop where they just simply had players at a weak spot along Florida's blocking there. And it led to a block kick. Then you look at the Arkansas game. Florida missed a, I believe it was 47-yard field goal. Um, and part of the reason that that happened at all was because of an, eagle, an illegal substitution where the special teams unit, the kicking field goal unit, tried to run onto the field. Uh, they weren't allowed to run on the field. They tried to run back, and, and it just caused complete chaos. And for that part, it's about being ready to run onto the field when it's actually your time. And we know that there is a miscommunication on the sideline at that point, and guess what? That's what happens when your coaches are not prepared for their roles. And so for me, I get it. Special teams analyst is not the on-field special teams coordinator that a lot of people wanted. However, you're going to have to sacrifice it for, uh, for some other things you may want, which we'll talk about a bit later. And I realize that a lot of people are upset that Chris Couch is being retained, albeit demoted. And I understand that side. I'm, I'm just not going to get up in arms about an analyst getting a demotion. Because if special teams sucks once again, 
it's not going to be Chris Couch's fault at this point. It's going to be Joe Houston's fault and Billy Napier's fault for not paying enough attention to it. So I'm fine with Chris Couch being demoted to a smaller role assistant on special teams still. I think it's fine to have two minds there, especially when the one that you feel led to a lot of problems is no longer one of the guys in charge of it. He's more so just helping to run it. So I don't necessarily have a big complaint about that one. Um, I just, I just don't get why that would be some, like, I, I get it. You don't like Chris couch. That's fine. But to me, it just, it just seems weird to be really up in arms that he got demoted instead of fired. Um, especially when it doesn't have a big impact in the grand scheme of things in terms of, it's not like you're retaining a bad recruiter or a bad developer on your on-field staff so for me it just seems like a really weird thing to get really upset about uh i like the the hire of joe houston he used to coach at toledo back when i actually went to toledo so that's a that's just a fun little fact you have about that but he's been with the patriots for a few years he was at iowa state previously he followed uh matt campbell if i'm not mistaken from toledo to iowa state and Matt Campbell's been there ever since. And Joe Houston was there until he went to the Patriots. So Joe Houston, not someone who bounces around frequently, sticks with the same staff or the same uh, same coach for a bit, and then moves on and he's been working his way up. So for Joe Houston to come to Florida should be a, a relatively solid addition to the staff here. But we are coming up on the contract expiration <laughs> deadline for a few assistant coaches. We'll talk about that in just a second, but first a quick word from eBay motors. Today's episode of lockdown Gators is brought to you by eBay motors with passion, drive and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also, what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 <clears throat> million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. And eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And Florida has a few coaches with contracts expiring in the next two days, really. Uh, today is January 29th, 2024. There are four contracts that expire on January 31st, 2024 from on-field assistant coaches. Those being offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator Rob Sale. Assistant offensive line coach Darnell Stapleton, running back coach Jabbar Jaluk, and outside linebackers coach Mike Peterson. <laughs> and I, I will say that this question was raised uh, from the Lockdown Gators subtext group, which if you want to join, it's joinsubtext.com slash Lockdown Gators. It's uh, two weeks free, then five bucks a month after that, but you will get to partake in these mailbag kind of questions. Uh, and kind of episodes. So for the coaching staff, <laughs> I know that a lot of Florida Gators fans are not going to be happy to hear this information, 
But from the most recent information that I've been given, Rob Sale will probably be back for the 2024 season in Gainesville. Darnell Stapleton would not be back as assistant offensive line coach in this situation. Just again, this is based on the most recent information I have. The expectation, Rob Sale returns as the sole offensive line coach and Darnell Stapleton either moves to an off-field role or is no longer with the staff. And honestly, I'd prefer that Darnell Stapleton has moved to an off-field role. I, Well, ideally, there's a whole change on the offensive line, but I digress there. So the expectation is that Rob Sale will be back, and Darnell Stapleton would not which in this case frees up an on-field coaching staff spot, which we will talk about in the next segment. But that's where the big importance there comes from. Because don't forget when Jay Bateman left Florida to become the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, a big part of that for me was maybe Austin Armstrong takes over at linebacker coach. And now if you give Will Harris the entire secondary, Austin Armstrong, the inside linebacker spot, Mike Peterson keeps outside, Gerald Chapman keeps defensive line, then maybe you look at we have a coaching spot open now because Austin Armstrong worked with safeties last year and is now at linebackers, and then you have the whole secondary for Will Harris. So you have a roster spot open by not replacing a linebackers coach. Maybe you look at the offensive coordinator for that. In this scenario... You did replace Jay Bateman, a linebackers coach, by bringing in Ron Roberts. If you only retain one offensive line coach, you free up a spot on your staff for offensive coordinator, again, which is going to be the third segment today. As for the other coaches with expiring contracts, because these contracts go out in two-year deals. So it gets Sale, Stapleton, Juluk, Mike Peterson the coaches, the on-field coaches who are still there from that initial staff. Billy Gonzalez joined last year, so his contract expires next year. Russ Russ Calloway became a position coach last year, so his contract expires next year. Then you look at, of course, Will Harris, Gerald Chapman just got added to the room, and and that's all of it. So Jabbar Jaluk, at running back coach, I'm expecting him to be extended as well as Mike Peterson, who is the outside linebackers coach, which really is really just the edge coach. Um, That's going to be his main role is, is that pass rusher. And look, Mike Peterson has shown some solid chops on the recruiting trail. We'll say, I think the last year, the edge development was underwhelming. We look at Princely and I think Princely had a good year. But I, I, even as someone who thinks Princely put out good film, don't think Princely lives up to the hype that he was getting prior to the season. And you look at everyone else in that edge room, no one really popped off the charts in 2023 compared to what the expectations were. But then you look at recruiting and LJ McCray, a big part of LJ McCray coming to Gainesville was because of Mike Peterson. 
And so Mike Peterson landed that like like when Sean Spencer got fired, LJ McCray was like, hey, uh, Mike P handles my recruiting. So Sean Spencer leaving doesn't impact me that much. And so Mike Peterson has some has shown some pretty solid shops on the recruiting show. They had the second highest rated commit in the class for Florida this year. So Mike Peterson has shown some chops. Jabbar Jaluk is one that I do think is interesting to talk about because recruiting-wise, the rankings haven't been great. But you look at who Jabbar Jaluk has brought in in the running back room, and in 2022, they brought in Trevor Etienne. Instant impact freshman, uh, immediately one of the better backs in the SEC. And then now is going to Georgia. You look at Trayon Webb. Trayon Webb was not great as a true freshman. Was the third running back in in really a two running back rotation that sometimes included a third running back. And then you look at the 2024 class where you have Cannon Daniels, who at the time that he committed to Florida was nowhere near the ranking that he ended with because he was such a big climber. And Jaden Baugh is someone that Florida was in on while he was in Arkansas commit. And then Florida kind of got in on the game. And then towards the end, Alabama got in on the game. And so when you look at it, they brought in a running back in 2022 that was a true freshman that was still a blue chip player, but true freshman that was a big time impact player in the SEC. 2023, guy that played rotationally, say what you will. 2024, added Kanan Daniels before he blew up and, and he really skyrocketed up rankings. And for 2024, you were pursuing Jaden ball before a program like Alabama that notoriously produces high ranking running backs and NFL draft pick running backs. You were in on the evaluation before them. So while Jabbar Jaluk's recruiting rankings haven't been awesome, I do think that he does deserve credit as an evaluator because he's brought in, like he's identified talent before recruiting services, before other coaching staffs have, and he's worked hard to get that talent in and they've developed. Okay. So I think that Jabbar Jaluk out recruits the rankings that he receives. I think Mike Peterson is still early to tell for him, but I, cause I mean, with Jabbar Jaluk, you could also look at his resume, Louisiana, Mike Peterson is still too early, but so far he's recruiting highly ranked recruits and he's getting early results. Uh, so I think that retaining both of them is a fantastic decision. To wrap up the rest of the show, we're about to talk about the offensive coordinator situation, but first a quick word from FanDuel. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports week. So happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports week. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. And I mean, I unload the clip on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Like I love sitting there and just watching elite football teams play each other. I usually take a look at, you know, for 49ers versus Chiefs. I'm probably going to take Isaiah Pacheco because I feel like they're going to attack that outside of the tackle right off the tackles, but pick up some big yardage. And the Lions had pretty solid success running the football in San Francisco. Just saying, just saying new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, 
Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making today's episode of Locked on Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And to wrap up today's show, we're talking about the offensive coordinator situation. Because like I said, I asked the subtext group to submit questions, like the second segment that we got. And this segment, and, and this one was asked by <laughs> quite a few people of the subtext group. Uh, if you want to be a part of the group, go to joinsubtext.com slash Gators. Link is also in the description below. Two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. You get bonus content. You get access to asking these mailbag questions. You get one-on-one conversation. Uh, and during games, maybe you get me freaking out a little bit about, about these teams. So we got a few questions about the offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I figured I'll, I'll mostly bundle them up so that we just get a good deal of them out of the way. I know that one of the questions was, uh, is it possible, basically the way that I understood the question was, is it possible that Napier kind of swung for the fences knowing that he wouldn't land the hire, but so that he could say he tried? Uh, I don't think that's the case really at all because just looking at who Billy Napier talked to or who he considered, um, I, I don't know who the hire is going to be. I do believe the Florida will hire an offensive coordinator. I'll throw that one out there first. I know that another question asked multiple times is, is he even going to make the change? I do think Billy Napier will hire an offensive coordinator. I think that he recognizes, well, you kind of have to. like you, you, Your back's up against the wall here, so I do think you have to hire an offensive coordinator. Looking at guys like Willie Korn, who I've, I've said since the beginning is my number one priority, Jake Peets, who's number two, and Brennan Marion, who's number three. I think when we look at, first off, Jake Peets, I don't think he's going to become a candidate at all. Even if he was a candidate, I don't think he's going to wind up being that because Zach Robinson, the Rams pass game coordinator and quarterback coach, just got hired by the Atlanta Falcons to be their offensive coordinator. So I mean, the Rams, with their elite offense, is looking to replace their pass game coordinator and and quarterbacks coach, Jake Peets, a pass game specialist for the Rams. Probably going to get a look at one of those spots, I would anticipate. So then we look at Willie Korn and Brennan Marion. And from what I was told a couple weeks ago, from what I was told is that maybe they're not ready for the SEC. And and so that's my expectation. I know that there was, so I, I'm not expecting Willie Korn or Brennan Marion as much as I like them. Not expecting that. That brings up the Jeff Scott conversation. That brings up the Russ Callaway conversation. And that brings up the rumors from a few weeks ago of Charlie Weiss Jr. And the rumor, I forgot who said it, but the rumor was that Billy Napier made a run at Charlie Weiss Jr. to be the offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators. Charlie Weiss Jr. Uh, is currently the Ole Miss offensive coordinator. Prior to that, he was at uh, USF, if I'm not mistaken. And then... Uh, FAU before that, I believe. And he's bounced around as at Florida briefly. Looking at Charlie West Jr. as a potential possibility, he was someone who 
the day after Florida lost to Florida State, I powered an episode with some offensive coordinator names. Charlie Weiss Jr. was on that list because as much as I dislike Lane Kiffin, has a really fun and really explosive and really effective offense. So if you can bring the offensive coordinator from that offense who will now get to call plays, I think that's a great ad. Okay, and I think that when you have a position staff that tries to not only nail the evaluation, but the recruiting process. Like you look at DJ Lagway, DJ Lagway climbed up boards well after he was committed to Florida. They've done a good job of evaluating talent before others. And so I think when you have a staff that can focus on that and an offensive coordinator who could focus on being the schemer, the play caller, the game planner, whatever it may be, and can, if he's good, actually help develop these guys. I think we're talking about a pretty good hire there. But for me, I, I think an important part here is hire someone that you know can work with Billy Napier. And I'm not, and I do think Charlie Weiss could fall under that category. I think most of the guys that I've listed can fall under that court category. But the thing is finding someone that could work with Billy Napier not just professionally, but also schematically in the sense of Billy Napier's not probably not going to be willing to give up the entire control of the offense. Even if there's another play caller, he's going to have a hand in the scheme, the play calling, the game plan. He's going to have a hand in all that. You have to find someone that's willing to work with him, but also willing to do the things that he needs to do in order to win games. Because I do think that Billy Napier will have a say. I think that's one of the reasons you talk about hiring someone that he's been on a staff previously with because he knows he could work with that kind of player, with that kind of coach. It's all about finding someone that works. That's one of the reasons that as much as I love Brennan Marion, I'm not too sold that he would work with Billy Napier this year because I think the offenses would need to change quite a bit from a, a lot of two back sets to, or from a lot of two tight end sets to two back sets. And I don't think Florida has the running back room to do that right now or really the offensive line to do that in the SEC. And I think it's it's setting people up for failure. Whereas Willie Korn, offense is pretty similar, just a bit more open uh, and and has a bit more spread option principles. So I think like finding that kind of hire, which again, I don't think it'll be either of those guys, is an important part here. Because it's not just get an offensive coordinator. It's a get an offensive coordinator that works so that you don't have to baby them, basically. Next to making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk more Florida Gators football for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.